Okay, everybody, let's take it from the top. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Hi-ho, everybody, and welcome back to D Plus Us Weekly, the show where we talk about shows exclusive to Disney Plus, episode by episode, week by week, for your enjoyment and ours. I'm one of your hosts, Griffin Tanel, Griffy D-Pad, and with me as always is the wonderful, the amazing Mr. Mitch George. Are you still playing with your Lego? Look, I, I need to figure out a way to get these spare pieces somewhere where they're not going to be in my way and distracting me while we talk about what a <laughs> banger episode of Percy Jackson this was. <laughs> I say it, but yeah, here you say that. Yeah, here you are <laughs> with the pieces. I, I just need to put the spares somewhere. Hey, I am all for just ditching the episode and playing with Legos if that's what we're doing tonight. But I mean, there's I've only got one, two, three, four Lego sets in the room. The rest are downstairs. Fair. I still need to rebuild a couple of mine that I broke. If you if you've been watching our video for long enough, you may have noticed previously a haunted mansion. Um lego set that was sitting behind me that i broke it's not there it hasn't been there for months um sitting in front of me i still need to fix it but that's not why we're here today uh we are here today to talk about yeah i've got like there's an uphouse the haunted mansion and the disney castle are back there and then today just before we started recording i built this mini boba fett nice slave one or no what's the new name of his ship oh god Something Let us know cool. in the comments because I forgot what the name is. It's something cool. I remember that much. Um, yeah. No, we're talking about Percy Jackson. Yeah, we are. And you know, it's a week. I had to pull out the the, the new Camp Half Blood shirt this time around. I got it. I'm excited. Now you have two to cycle between. Yeah. Now, well, there you go, so, I might have to get rid of the first one. It kind of smells bad. Um, now we're talking about episode four this week. I plunge to my death. Uh, this is the St. Louis story, or at least the first part of St. Louis. Um, yeah. Mitch, as always, full spoilers, this is not a recap, but we are here hanging out talking about what we thought of it. What do you think of episode four? I, it honestly, like thus far is probably the weakest episode. It just, I don't feel like as much happened here as what happened in previous episodes. I understand where we are in the story. Um, I just felt like there was more weight to conversations between the big three previously to what we got here there were a couple of fun moments a couple of important moments it just didn't feel, feel like there was as much of uh consequence here versus previous episodes interesting because i completely disagree um as you do because you love this thing i know i think that this might have had some of the best moments we've had between percy and annabeth uh which kind of that feels like it is the main it's at least to me the most important conflict that this uh, show has been going into is how Percy thinks about the gods versus how Annabeth thinks about the gods. And I think that this is very, this, this series has been very good about showing that side of the Percy Jackson, which is very much a massive part about the original books, yeah. but is something that doesn't necessarily really get harped on until later in the series. But like from moment one, it is, why do we have to demand their love and love as our parents? And I love that. I love Annabeth's thoughts on it as well of, you know, Annabeth did not have a great childhood, like especially with her stepmom. So she likes Athena because at least with Athena, she knows the rules, which is some relatable fucking shit. Like, I really love all of that. I love Percy's whole take on it of, 
I'm Sally Jackson's son. I am not Poseidon's son. I am Sally Jackson's son. And he has stuck with that the entire time to get to where we are at the end with the water coming and saving him. The greatest twist we could have gotten to how the St. Louis uh, fall was going to turn out. It's one of my favorite things in that book is the running joke that uh, Rick Riordan didn't research, research the St. Louis Arch before writing it. Um, I love so much in this, and this isn't just Griffin, the Percy Jackson fan. This is like the actual dichotomy of that story of how do we treat the gods? I think this is the best week of it. We got bits of Grover's story. We got more of um, Thalia. Still feels weird saying Thalia when I've been saying Talia my entire life. Yeah. Um, it's the problem when you adapt something like this is everyone's going to have a different interpretation. And then once you hear it one way, it just doesn't feel right in your mouth. The, the, wonders, your, of your being, uh, the wonders of being a Pokemon fan. Tell me about it. Like, I, I think this was a really fun episode. And it's one of those things where it's like, I was excited from bit one. Everything they changed from the book they changed for this is so much better than it was originally. It's a great time. We got a friggin' water tentacle in this. Yup. It's just dumb. I How do you feel about the, how do you feel about how the chimera looked? I know that was one of our big concerns going into this week. I thought it looked great. I think the way that they portrayed it was perfect, to be honest, where... You do get the chimera through the mist of being this little pocket dog, which was a really fun visual. That was one of the funniest moments in this entire episode. Bang, bang. Oh, so good. Um, I do think they used it appropriately where like that was expensive CG and it, it showed. And the first glimpse we get is at a distance. Everything else is invisible until that final reveal at the top of the arch where they spent all of the budget on making this thing look absolutely horrifying in the best way. Um, no, I thought it was great. Yeah, it's great to see, like, as funny as it is, it's great seeing Percy lose this fight. Because um, he does lose this fight. He loses this fight pretty damn badly, even. Because, um, like we've said a few times, like, Percy isn't this fantastically powerful demigod yet uh, until he gets on the same page with Poseidon, which sounds like he's going to next uh, episode. But yeah, everything with Echidna especially, like, the Chimera looks great, the fight is dope. Like, the Echidna breathing fire is like, oh my god, yes, great, perfect. But it's it's Echidna for me that really brings, like, the fear in this episode. I think one of the cool things we got last week was this whole bit with, um, with this whole thing with Medusa of that lesson that Percy learned um, from his mom of, you know, not all monsters look like monsters. Some here, not all heroes look like heroes. Um, we get that same thing here with Echidna, which I thought yeah. was great. Because Echidna looks like just a mom. Echidna is essentially is just a mother. Yeah. Um, she's just the mother of monsters. Yeah, I mean, Suzanne Cryer, the actor who who played Echidna, just did a phenomenal job of bringing that sense of unease to every scene she was in, in a way that it it it. It makes sense within the realm of gods and demigods and creatures and all this stuff that the gods are going to be fucking terrifying. And this is another good example of that. I mean, we've had that with the the presence of Dionysus at the camp where he flipped a switch and was very serious. We've had that now with uh, Medusa in a, to an extent, um, even though I, I know not a god, but just being part of this godly realm. We're I about imagine to get we're going to get week. that. 
Oh, we're getting it hard next week. Adam Copeland, baby. Rated our superstar, formerly known as Edge. It's going to be a good time. Um, but I mean, like knowing Suzanne Cryer from her previous role in Silicon Valley, this is such a departure from that character that it's really fun to see her kind of like let loose here in a really menacing way. Whereas that that role was very like deadpan in a way. If anyone if anyone's aware, like if anyone hasn't seen Silicon Valley, it's a great show. You should probably give it a watch. But uh, you really should. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it's a very different character here, but she just kills it. Yeah, she's legitimately terrifying. Like, I loved Medusa because of how relatable she is and how she's she's not a villain, and I will stand by that. Like, Echidna is full-blown evil, and we got to see yeah. that. I like also yeah. that we pulled her away from, like, her original, like, oh, I was sent by Zeus to kill you. Like, we don't really need that with this character. I think that this hits a lot more than that. Uh, we don't really know why she's there, but we know that she's after some powerful-ass demigods that deserve to be punished for their parents' deeds. Yeah, I, I do feel like they're going to do things a little differently here with Echidna. And, that, like, I it's going to... I don't think it's going to tie back to Zeus, but it's probably going to tie back more into the overall story arc involving Kronos and, and, and all of that. Mysterious I think that voice. <laughs> that is probably what makes the most sense for that character. It didn't really make a ton of sense in the book that she would be beholden to Zeus. Um, I think this, you know, um, presumable uh, shift in the character's motive will make more sense. And I think it is a bit of revisionism to better align the character with, you know, what we're going to see over the course of the next five seasons. We better see over the course of the next five seasons or four seasons plus this one. So... We'll, we'll see how that plays out. It's it's it, it's interesting because like in the book, all of that is very like she's very for, forthright about revealing all of this information basically from the get go. And with yeah. it being a little more secretive here of like, yeah, y'all are the real monsters here. So I'm just going to fuck with you and make sure you're dead. Is setting it's up that... it's setting up some payoff later, which I, I really appreciate. I think it's that awesome power of like, changing where things happen like yeah. in the book like right they don't really meet echidna until they're actually like in the elevator going up the arch uh which by the way is a thing that i consistently forget is an elevator for some reason i always think that it's stairs to get up that thing um i've never been to st louis so i yeah, have same, zero context same. for any of it um but yeah having that moment for her to sit down and have that conversation on the train have this drama happening on the train and getting both that and then like this very real conversation between annabeth and percy there i think it just it works so so well yeah um on that i also want to touch on the beginning of this episode with the flashback into the dream um the dream stuff with chronos presumably chronos um is all has all been great but seeing more of sally like being that mom to percy seeing percy in the water only for him to end up in the water again at the end of the episode so good. I hope we get more flashbacks like that. Because that's, that's not stuff we've seen. And it's stuff that's very, very great. Like when Percy brings uh, his, his mom's words back to her, to her. So cute. Young Percy is doing a fantastic job in this series. This kid, this kid deserves flowers. 
Yeah, I, it'll be interesting to see what more we get of young Percy. I do feel like it's one of those things where it makes sense in the context of this first season to give us this additional backstory into Percy's upbringing and, and the relationship between Sally and Percy. I think it'll be more challenging to do that in later seasons just because the kid's going to get older. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, also, so he's only back. 12. <laughs> no, no, I mean the, the actor that's portraying young Percy. Oh, um, yeah, I'm so saying either... that story-wise, like, he's only 12. There's only so much we can flash back to. Exactly. I, I feel like you do enough here to set up Percy's character based on these flashbacks here in season one. And then you just go full, full ham into the book stuff for the, for the rest of the show. Yeah. You can do more with the dream stuff. Um, you can do a lot with dreams. That was really cool. Like, let's talk about that for a second. The way this episode opens on that dream sequence where it's young Percy and then hears the voice, like, oh, it's so good. Everything about it. I love everything they're doing with this mysterious voice that like, we're fans of the book, so we know who it is. Yeah. Um, we've said it multiple times in this episode. Like, it, everything about it is oh, terrifying in the way that it should be. And it's just strange enough and just mysterious enough to keep it in every single episode. Like, for some reason, this being is keeping an eye on Percy. And why the heck is that? Yeah. yeah, I mean, the real thing with it is, like, I love, like, for me at least, I love this extra context that we're getting. Like, we're planting these scenes far earlier than I feel like we got in the book, which I think, again, it's it's the means of translating it from book to to screen, and it's really adding a sense of fore, forebodingness. Or like it, the foreshadowing here is just it's really, really fun to be playing with this as early as we are when we know we're not getting these realizations in the series in the book series. That is until much later. So, yeah, keep keep laying into the fact that you're setting up this, you know, five season arc for this character. And let's just let's get there. I'm ready. Yeah, I love that we finally are getting that. We're getting that uh, camaraderie between Annabeth and Percy. Um, to be, in the book, I believe the truck scene would be next, which is where that happened, is when they really become friends. It's on their way to Vegas. I think Aries yeah. stops that. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, that sounds right. Look, I'm rereading the book, but also, at the, I'm rereading the book right now, but also, like, I have a ba- giant stack of comic books I'm also trying to read my way through. So that's so you're doing none of it and instead going and playing Disney Dreamlight Valley or something, probably. Uh, Baldur's Gate. But I was close. (laughs) Um, We should play some of that co-op sometime. Yeah, we should. Also, I finally beat a game, but that's not related (laughs) to what we're talking about today. Uh, We'll talk about that after. Play Thirsty Theaters, folks. Um, Anyways, yeah, all of that is super fun. Like, I can't wait to see where this goes, especially with, like, what's coming next week of... Uh, Aries, and we see a lot more of how the gods treat each other next week, presumably. Uh, we also are getting the fates next week, which yep. is going to be interesting, cause especially with how much of this this episode was, you know, Percy talking about luck and Annabeth talking about fate. Like, where does all of this play into each other is something that's really fun to see in this show. Um, last thing I want to talk about, because there's so much to talk about in this episode even with it being the shortest episode so far mm-hmm. um is just the ending it's the nereid showing up in the river the river coming up to grab percy which i still think is a fantastic way of doing that um 
and uh, Percy finally getting Poseidon's like actual attention. Yeah, like he's been listening this whole time. <laughs> like it's a it's such a good good way of doing it. I'm. This is the, we talked about like how good the Chimera looked. I think the Nereid is right there with it. Oh, see that for me was tough just because getting the the dichotomy between what we got with the Chimera and then the Myriad, I feel like there was it was I mean, it's just based on the fact that it took place in the murky waters of the St. Louis River, but it was kind of hard to watch. How how so? Cuz it was more of a it blended into the river a lot for me. It did, but it just, I, I don't know that whole underwater scenes for me in general are just hard to watch. Uh, they're either super, super green screened, something like Aquaman, which I still refuse to see. Yeah. Um, or it's what we got here. You've got, you know, an actor in a water tank, presumably, um, which has its own challenges in filming. So I understand like the, the, the challenges of filming in water are just astronomical. Look at what was her name? Uh, I can't remember holding her breath for like 18 minutes for the blue people thing. Zoe Saldana? No. It's one of the new characters. Played by some white lady whose name I forget. Water. Is it Kate Winslet, maybe? Sounds um, right. Holding. Who was the one in Titanic? Uh, Kate Winslet? Yeah. Now, I'm like 90% sure it was Kate Winslet. Either way, like the challenges of filming in water notwithstanding, I just find those kind of scenes hard to watch. You look at the the wizard film that shall not be named. It's just the murky water scenes are just challenging to watch. Um, See, I and think this it, was no exception for me, at least. I think it's fine. I don't have as much. It's fine for TV. I'm, like it's it, yeah. Well, like, I think this is honestly, I do think this is one of the better underwater scenes we have because of how simple it is. Uh, there's not a much to it. It is it's the St. Louis River. It's a murky river. There's not much at the bottom of it. It's literally just Percy's foot is stuck and he's breathing underwater now. The Nereid, I think, does look I do think it looks great for what it is. It is it's a humanoid jellyfish, is essentially how it looks. Like I think it does look it looks perfect for what they're trying to do with it. Yeah. I think we'll get more later. Um, especially if we go to some of the stuff in later seasons. Or, um, I think this is also the big use of stuff like the, um, the, like the volume. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's a great use for the volume. Doing the volume yeah. alongside a water tank for underwater stuff is actually a really interesting use case. Yeah. Um, even if there's not much of a background to these shots. Like I'm, I'm pulling it up on the side just to look at it, and it's, it's literally just Percy, the Nereid, and like some ground. That's it. I mean, There's even the, from the, yeah, I mean, even looking at the use of the volume in the scene where he's falling out of the St. Louis Arch, like that was pretty seamless. Where you just have this set built around the arch, and him falling is him just falling into the volume, mm-hmm. which I thought was really neat. Yeah, I, I can't wait to see what they do more with this tech. Because I really Are we think getting that... a behind the scenes for this, like I I'm hope making, so. a, 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 like, because that would be really cool. Anytime they're using the volume, I want to, I want that behind the scenes look at how they film certain scenes. Most of that behind the scenes stuff has only been happening because it's been Marvel or Lucasfilm. But yeah, you gotta assume with how how big Percy Jackson specifically is, they would at least consider it. 
who knows we'll find out we'll see but yeah i'm excited to see what's next um percy's relationship with his father is always always interesting because of how frayed it is yeah we'll see how they uh how they handle it in the show it's going to be an interesting one to navigate for sure for certain but we aren't going to talk about that mitch unfortunately until next week we have to wait we're probably not going to talk about it for about a month to be honest oh well that part yeah but it's more (laughs) of the fact that we just have to wait another goddamn week for another episode of this show if only this was what if (laughs) this is torture for me not actually i love sitting down every tuesday night to watch the show but mitch if you want to keep up with us until the next episode where can people find us on the YouTubes at D plus us uh, socials as well. Although we kind of stopped using those much. And part of my new year's resolution is to use those more. So keep an eye out on the X's and the sky blues and the Insta books and all of that with at D plus us in the places. Yeah. Keep an eye out for those. Keep an eye out for our other stuff. Uh, we are currently have a full episode up right now, all about season two of what if, where we talk about each of the episodes going beat by beat, having a good time over there. And we've got plenty more coming soon. We will see y'all in the next episode. Until then, have a magical day.